Welcome to The Spill Podcast. We know you're obsessed with creating your own success in your own way, and you know you've got more. More to earn, more to experience, more to create, and more to give. And you're right. You just need to know some of the pieces and the moves to make. The conversations are real, honest, funny, and hopefully valuable. Away from the filters, the reels, and having to have the perfect script. We believe in opening the door for the next woman, helping guide you with conversations and exceptional guest speakers, spilling truths, tools, and guidance to help you expand your own expression of success. And knowing that when you do, that's when the good stuff the world needs more of happens. Laughs and explicit language are almost always guaranteed. Let's spill. So much wisdom there, Katie. Oh, gosh, that's very kind. I, no, there is, really. There's so, yeah, there's so much wisdom in what you just shared and um, I, I kind of like I wish I could take a snippet of that and give it to some other people that I work with, you know, because that, that concept of seasons is, um, and I think uh, one thing I noticed living in Europe was it is so nice to have those seasons because it's nearly a permission to to have an ebb and a flow in all areas of our life. Um, yes. And in many countries, there just aren't the seasons really. We pretend yeah. that we have winter here in Australia, for example, but we, <laughs> we don't, <laughs> depending where you live, you know. Yeah. yeah. We do, I mean, I, I would love to live in eternal sunshine oh my gosh, especially when the winter feels like it's Narnia over here and, and you get Christmas for two days and then it's mm. winter forever. But it it does feel like an intentional prompting, at least a visual one, as well as a barometric one that says you need to prep for change and then you must change. Yeah. yeah. You, you have to move. And I love what you just said about permission. Um, I think that is the the most central part of the money management part of it, of the business is permission. I'm really mm -hmm. feeling that shift from the courses and, and from our work. Yeah. And even if we don't intentionally um, recognize that we need these phases of, of where we're, um, you know, nurturing and establishing and brainstorming and coming up with new ideas. And then we have this other phase where we're executing and and growth yeah. starts. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we kind of just got to run when we get into growth and we just got to keep up. But we can't stay in growth. Like it's an impossibility. There's nothing. We just have to look to Mother Nature all the time for all of the, the you know, the, the truth. And so yeah. many people they get so disappointed in their business or so frustrated and and it takes them out of the game because they, they're they not in growth or they stop being in growth instead of going, oh, it's just the season. This is my season to, to work in my business, to come indoors, you know, and to allow um, the, that nurturing of, of what's getting ready for the next season and and. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really beautiful conversation and, and just so important. And to have the patience, which is what you're talking about as well, is pretty yeah. cool. Um, and it's finding this balance between knowing when to do the work and knowing when to drive and knowing what to drive and then also just 
being able to sit and say, um, you know, flow. I find flow. You said your word last year was flow. I think a lot of people choose that word, but they then they're really challenged by it because it's like flow. What's flow? Is it is it just sitting there waiting for you know for something to happen for it to rain so the river can run? Um, yeah. So um, and I love your word optimize. And Nick and I were just talking about it yesterday. How um, you know all of these words which are great, they're so good to have an intention by which we're um, just kind of reminding ourselves of how of what the priority is, I guess, and the focus and the how of who we're being uh, is at the moment, at this current time. But everything's contextual, right? And I think um, what was your one before, Flo? Um, fearless. Fearless, Yeah. Yeah, and so like courage coming out of twenty twenty, so it was it was yeah. like okay, we lived in fear in twenty twenty, and yeah. so twenty twenty one felt like it needed that needed to be a reminder to reduce. Yeah, the fear. but when you were talking about flow, it kind of felt like a a um, riptide yeah. for me. <laughs> oh my god! Technically, like a nice even stream, you know. Yeah. Like a, it felt like a salmon going yeah. upstream. To mix yeah. some some metaphors. It's a little bit how I felt. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> am I going the, to die? I don't know. Like, am word, I, yeah. Like, and then this is the point. This is why this is such a cool conversation. Like even the word flow, right? The river it changes. Like at some points, it's just stagnant, and you know, it's just full of mosquitoes. It's not moving at all. And then, you know, the rain comes and next minute it's like a waterfall. It's like, you know, there's rapids and there's white water and there's it's gouging and it's just forcing its way through everything. And and that's how it is. And and fearless or courage and optimization also, they have um they're they're contextual. So what I mean by that is like, like I know for myself, and I'm sure everyone's the same. I'm really courageous in some areas of my life, but I'm such a little wimp in other areas, you know. And so it's um, and some areas of my life are really optimized, and other areas need optimization. And I think um, there's this. It's they're not um, like what do you call it? Independent. But you know, when three circles don't touch each other, for example, or when they crossover and there's that bit in the middle they're not independently exclusive kind of thing so when we for example when when we optimize our health it overflows into every other area of our life and it's fascinates nick and i talk about this all the time it fascinates us how so many women are not understanding or not even willing to look at optimizing their health because they just haven't joined the dots yet they just haven't figured out when they optimize their health, they optimize. And it's not about me, me, me. I need to put me first. It's none of that. It's just that when I optimize my health, I optimize my creativity, my productivity, my moods, which impacts my relationships. You know, I opt. I just optimize every other part. If we think about our nine areas where we set our goals, yeah. And, and so if we're walking around at five out of ten health. We're, we're never going to get past five out of 10 in any other area, even though we might think, you know, oh, I'm making a million dollars a year. Well, guess what? If you optimize your health, you can be making 10 million a year. Or what's the point of making a million a year if you can't enjoy it because, you know, you kind of 
you can't get on the boat and enjoy the cruise or whatever because there might be some mountain walks so you can't go on that trip kind of thing like so or you drop dead like because you haven't looked after your health so yeah it's that conversation right of um yeah of, of it of it all impacts each other whether we like it or not It's so cool. It reminds me when you say that a mentor once said to me, Jen, to be extraordinary is really just choosing a little bit above ordinary in every moment that you have a choice. Mm. And she mm. said, people think extraordinary is like something up here, like, oh my gosh, but it's, it's no, it's like every time it's like, am I going to eat the cake or am I going to you know, not eat the cake or it's just that it's that little edge which will create and again it's contextual in, in whichever area on all the areas of our life. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But I was yeah. like, that's really cool because it just reminds me, okay, what's the little bit above and beyond choice I can make mm -hmm. when I'm making this decision right now? And there's many of those in a day. And I wonder as well, because Katie, you just said, is it a female thing? I don't know if it's a female male thing. Like I think it's like think of how we get infiltrated by the world and social media and expectations and what we think someone's journey is versus what it really is. Like all that stuff's playing and we're making it mean something. But, I, you know, as, as you ladies are talking about, I think, so often, and I've been guilty of this, I've gotten better with this, but was so guilty of this for so long, was thinking that if I wasn't fast, it equaled failure, and I forgot the magic of compounding. And that, and I know we've all heard it, 1% each day, but that's so underrated and it's overlooked and instead, we're looking in this world for the shortcut and the fast. And if we don't have it either, then we've failed. And that's not real. It's more, and what I've learned is that when you do slow it down to speed it up, and it's the 1%, and it's the clarity, and it's, I think, the patience of that, our patience has so much power. And I don't think that people have patience today. You can call that instant gratification or what you can call it focus. You know, all these things come into play with our patients. But if I look at it, and I'm sure you ladies can agree, it ends up being fast. Like you're like, oh, wow, all of that. I did all of that in just that time. But you don't know until you get to the other end of it. And then it's like, wow, that seems like I have come a long way. I did accomplish a lot. That was actually quick. And I think it's Tony Robbins. I think he says, you know, something that uh, where people go wrong is they think in terms of quarters and years and not in decades. Mm. And it's like, oh, man, if we could just pull ourselves out and have that perspective, yeah, it's just it's a game changer. And it doesn't, and I think it's like it's hard because it, it means it'll actually speed you up, but it's not the most obvious fast track. It's the patience of the going slow, of the getting 1% better each day. And I think at this time of year, you know, kicking off everyone, you know, we're seeing it everywhere and setting your goals and 
you know, going go big or go home and all of this stuff. And it's, yeah, absolutely. There's, there is so much that's true in all of that. But I think if we don't get grounded and get clear and understand what matters, then we get caught up in stuff. And then another six months goes by and we're in the same position. And so even, you know, speaking to that, um, because I had a call this morning and it just helped me realize that one thing we get stuck on or can get stuck on is we, you know, you have your word for the year, which is beautiful. So that'll anchor you to respond and act in a certain way and think in a certain way. And then we have our goals and desires Now, either people, either you have them or you don't. So that's the first thing. Sometimes we're not even clear on what we actually desire you know, what we desire is actually someone else's desire. So that's the first thing. But then we forget to go, that's not the focus. Don't focus on the resolution. Focus on the skill that produces the result and the resolution. And I think that's a, a big missing. So as we go and set up this year, it's like, yeah, you need to get so clear on what's that vision, what's the goal that produces that vision, being the feeling, the outcome, what your life looks like, feels like, who you are, like what goal would support that in any of the nine areas that we talk about. But then what is the skill or action to learn and prioritise? Like that's the needle mover. And so you know how sometimes we've got to like let the vision go and be like, hey, it's there, like I'm clear, like that's where I'm going, but I'm also going to allow it to evolve. But it's just this this clarity of but what's the skill and the action? What's the thing to learn and do? And if we don't do that, then it's just that's where we get stuck again, right? Because we're just like, oh, yeah, I want, want, want. It's like, cool, cool, cool. Now we're going to get moving with the 1% each day. But I, I feel like that's the key. It's like do the skill over the resolution. Yeah, and then, Nick, these, just the skill, when we talk about skill, like we know just by the definition of skill, right, that we're going to start, it's like learning to juggle because I know that you, that's a thing that you're doing, right? So when you first start, it's like, oh, my gosh, can't even juggle two, right? And then it doesn't take long and then you're juggling three and and there it goes. Like any skill, we know that there's this really challenging, frustrating, um, you know, part of at the beginning, but we forget that so easily. And so in our businesses, we go, oh, my gosh, this feels so hard, and we put off doing the thing that comes hard, that feels hard, and it's like we nearly tell ourselves a story that, oh, so-and-so who has already achieved or who is where I want to be, they mustn't have had these obstacles. They mustn't have had these frustrations. But they did because they weren't, we were all born a useless little baby that can't even feed itself, right? And we've all chosen along the way to learn different skills and we all went through the same pathway of learning that skill where it was flipping hard at the beginning. And I think it's so important to be learning a skill outside of our work to remind us of that. And that's why for me um, it's horse riding because every time I have a riding lesson, 
it's like, oh, my gosh, like, can I be any more useless? This is so frustrating. But then you have to look back a year. I have to look back a year and go, wow, like I'm just doing things just that I didn't even imagine doing a year ago, um, even though I'm still feeling frustrated at that skill because it's a never-ending, you can never learn enough, right? You can you can always get better. But if I didn't have that to compare, because then, then I've got that in my mind when I'm in my business and I'm like, oh, why isn't this working? What, oh my gosh, like nothing's happening here. And so it's, it's, what do I need to tweak? What do I need to learn? What am, what am I not understanding? What do I need to get better at? And yeah, it's, it just, I always, I laugh at myself because I'm like, you know, this, like, you know, that when you're learning, it feels hard and challenging, but then you let it take you out of the game for a few days. And like, you know, we go, I, I know I go into, you can call it procrastination or avoidance or whatever. It's like that job's got to get done. And the minute you get it done, it's like, oh, it's it's like this most freeing feeling. And then you can get on with the goodness, but it's just, and I see so many people putting off the implementation, which is what Nick's really talking about. There's an implementation part to achieving our, our vision and our goals. And it's like put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. And we're just putting it off because it feels hard. So um, so Katie, I was thinking as you were speaking, you know, that's what I, I love so much is that you just you just got your membership up and out there because you know you just did it. And of course, there's gonna be the challenges and you're gonna hit the wall and it's, it's stuff that's not gonna happen that you, but that's it's so much easier to make it happen than if you're just sitting there going. Well, I think I'm going to do it like this, but no, you've actually got to do it. Otherwise it's so, it's just everything you're saying is so important. I think for right now as, you know, as we're kicking off this year and, you know, this year is about, okay, let's work out what you've done, Katie, like what's your idea, what's your business, what's this thing that we're going to form and then really get into play and get pro progress happening with this is that it's not until you get to the other side that you realise the importance of the action because all the answers are in the action. You know, the feedback that you'll get, the test and measure that you'll eventually be able to do, like all of it is in there waiting for you to get going, but it's like you've been able to now step back and go, oh, with all of this information, with all of this experience, with all of this feedback, now do I, how do I review, reflect, redirect? But you can't do that without first stepping in. And this is the thing, everyone's wanting to step back and get the answer first. And sometimes it's like, oh, girl, we just got to like, you got to step in and get going first. And even, no, probably not even if it's messy, because it will be messy. <laughs> like there's always going to be just a, periods of it's messy clean it up after yes yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like you're not you know performing life-changing surgery that's what I say to myself this is not life or death Nicole you can clean this up after you know I think we we should keep in mind that our brain as a human is wired a certain way. And so we've got this instant um, conversation going on that is at a subconscious level. We're not even aware of it, but it, we have to have this because 
we have all of this information coming at us all the time, right? So I'm looking out my windows, there's big tall trees, like, is that tree going to fall on me? Is it okay? Like, like there's all this stuff that we don't even realise is happening. So whenever we need to make a choice, our thought, our thought that we're isn't conscious is, is this going to help me survive or thrive or not? And so, you know, even if we're choosing whether to make a purchase or invest our time or our money into something, we're thinking, will this help me survive or thrive or not? And we're, we're very quickly putting things in the keep pile or the discard pile. And we're discarding a whole lot of stuff that we don't even realise we're discarding. Yeah, and so in terms of getting the thing done that we need to do, that that decision-making process is happening and we're not realising because our biggest uh, fear, I guess, is what if I spend my time doing this and it doesn't help me survive or thrive? That means it helped me die, right? That's that's the, that's the actually what's going on at a really basic level in every kind of second of, of awake time and probably our sleep time as well. So it's just important that we know that, oh, yeah, that's right. Our brain, our, our, our the 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 primal, the very old parts of our brain, they're just trying to make sure we're still here to live another day. But we we got to kind of override that if we don't want to stay stuck in the cave and apply some logic that we know. Like like truly, I don't think anyone ever expects they're going to launch a business without a hitch, or that it's just going to you know we're just going to it's just going to feel so easy and fun and and off it goes and then it's just going to go into exponential growth like no one actually expects that right um that would be truly a miracle if that happened and so so we know that it's we're going to have these obstacles that come up and these challenges and yet we still sit back waiting 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 and not getting into action which is where we really need to be so that we can do the learning and up-level our skill. Like I can't learn to ride my horse by reading a book about it. I cannot. I just cannot. And I can't run a business unless I, yeah, get it out there. With um, trying to figure out an, another income stream, Let's go back. Let's go back to basics. And it's such a great conversation to have for everyone um, and all of us periodically, right? So let's just go back to the basic fundamentals because unless we're sure we're grasping those and understanding them, then it's really hard to make decisions. And first thing I want to say, and this is the real struggle. Every decision has an upside and a downside. Mm-hmm. Every single decision, in, you know, in the world, like my kids, for example, are trying to decide because we're back in, in Australia to, whether to go back to school or not. And so their education, and I know going back, their educa- their, their academic um, achievement is going to go downhill because they're not having one-to-one time with the teacher like they have the last two years, but they get to make friends and socialise. So they can, you know, yeah. it's often that we can't have both. Like we can have some of both, but and everything when we're deciding on our income streams it's always there's there's like high risk um high reward is also high risk low low risk low reward it's like oh what am i going to go for here 
And we have to weigh up all of these things when we make it when we make a decision, and then we have to own it, right? And we have to go, yep, I decided. I've made I've made a lot of high risk um, investment decisions and lost the money, but I've also made some high risk investment decisions and made a lot of money. So it's like you just got to go. There's probably a twenty percent chance that this one's going to work, but is it a yes or a no? Actually, I think, yeah, I'm going to say yes or no, I'm going to say a no. So going back to the, the what you were saying about, you know, what's on the back end of setting up the business and what its inputs it still requires and all of that sort of sort of thing. So remember, let's go right back, there's four types of income. There's linear income when we trade our time for money. There's leveraged income where we have systems or people who are working for us. There's recurring income where we have repeat purchases coming through, which are which are we pretty much automated, not always, but automated. And then we have passive income, where it's our money making money. And that really is something that shouldn't re require any input from us. And if we have really great systems in our own business, we can get a lot of, the leverage stuff automated mm -hmm. um, if we have really great people in our business. So, for example, in one of my businesses, I have such incredible, it's like I kind of see it like I'm driving that train, but I have probably five incredible train drivers who work within that business. Even if I wanted my train to, if I want to park it up for a year, there's no way they're going to stop driving their train, right? And so that then that there. Um, what happens in their business still flows to me. So my, you know, I still have income there. But that took, you know, some time to build and find those people and, and get them to where they are. It, they, you know, it just doesn't appear overnight. So um, so it's really those are the questions to really be thinking about. And, and Nick and I are really big advocates for women having all four types of income. Because when the linear one drives up, dries up like you don't get the job or a lady messaged me this morning, she unexpectedly got the sack yesterday from her job. She's like, I didn't see it coming. She go, And I had to go in and get my stuff this morning. She said, it's just they don't, they've cut my position. It's not there anymore. She's like, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent next week. Right? So, so that's why Nick and I are such big advocates for having all, establishing all four types of income. And it's a shame we don't learn this stuff at school when we're 10 years old. But sometimes we're only learning it when we're 50 or 60, right? But it is what it is. We've got time. So then, um, so most businesses, if you think, remember the cash flow quadrant and we're up in the B section on the right-hand side where you're tapping into leveraged, there will be some linear um, income where you're, you're trading time for money directly, especially in the early phases. But then most businesses in tapping into the leveraged and the recurring income, income will still require some input from, from you. Um, I mean, I think it takes a very experienced person who's really, you know, those people who buy businesses that are underperforming and they, they turn them around and then, they sell the business at a higher value. Like they're those type of businesses, they're really running without someone. And that is the idea that we have it running as much as possible without us. So we're freeing up our time. Um, 
But even my business, you know, one of my main income sources, which is a million, more than a million a year, it still requires me. Like I still need to be there to sort out some problems and um, bring on new train drivers, new leaders in my business to step into spaces. And it's, it's um, I think it would be very rare that there's a business that doesn't require, you know, someone to be calling the shots. Yeah. And then it changes. Businesses change over time. So what worked in that business 12 years ago when I started it is very different now. So it's kind of like keeping up with how the world's changing. And it's like we talked about at the beginning of this call, like when we get down and have a little dip, we get to figure out, you know, what's going to make it get into growth again kind of thing. That's that's where we want to, um, that, that's just normal. That, whereas then, and maybe the, the answer in this conversation for you is you, what you, maybe what you're really looking for is a passive investment mm. where you can put some money and you just say bye-bye. Like, see, I'll check it out in three years' time. Mm. Or maybe it's something like one of the um, investment, one of the um, things that Nick and I recommend is it's really a passive, it's just you pop some money there. Um, and then it just returns money each week and you can access those returns, which I like because it's reducing the risk gradually. But I would still put it in the high-risk category. But then I, I personally, I put money, having money in the bank in the high-risk category at the moment. Jen, so good. Firstly, I'm just like, oh, and it's just, it's so important to lean back on the principles because we can't give you the answer. We can't tell you what to do, but you need to lean on principles to help guide yourself. And as you were saying that, Jen, it's so important that we we really do have the right understanding of the four income types of the cash flow quadrant what sits on the left-hand side and what sits on the right. Because if we don't have that clear, like real deep understanding, we usually set incorrect expectations. And, you know, an example was, and I've seen it again, I keep seeing this happening. You know, in Facebook groups, uh, someone wrote, what is your passive income strategy? And all the answers from the women were not passive options like passive income is your money working for you right like you're kind of like hands off it's like the money is the asset doing the work to produce more returns of money that's passive and someone was saying oh my side business does this or I work at the markets on a weekend and 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 produce this and it's like oh okay this is how we get out of whack expectations because everyone's saying they've got passive income that's not passive income in fact, that's actually still linear income, still on the left-hand side of the quadrant, right? So it's so important, these concepts that are in our method to go to and really understand them. And then my question to you, Rena, is what matters most to you? Get clear on that first so that you're not scattered chasing the shiny stuff. You get solid in 
this is what matters most. And it could be, as Jen said, you, you, you know, you could sit down, maybe sit down with your husband and you go, oh my God, my goal for us this quarter is to find one passive income strategy. That means we're putting a chunk of money somewhere. Okay, what's our risk tolerance? How much do we want to start with? What kind of returns are we looking for? Who do we need to chat to who's kind of doing different things in this space, right? And it's like, oh, there's some clear direction for that. If what matters most to you is monetizing something that you just care about, like your gift factor, the joy set, the skill set, the problem that you can help solve, if what's important to you is creating a business, and an income from that business, then it's still this expectations roadmap. Because again, I'm the same. I've never got to a point of leverage without work first. Think of the plane off the runway analogy. It uses up to 25% of its fuel just taking off. That is what we're doing when we start something. It's like we're pulling all the resources together. We're making it where it's messy. It's like we're stepping in, we're getting going, what Katie was talking about before. And clarity comes through the action that we take. But again, that's going to get us first, probably linear income. It's like, you know, you're the one doing the sales. You're the one doing the hiring. You're the one doing the posting. You're the one doing the talks. You're the one doing the customer service, the delivery, all of the elements and then we want to build it to go, okay, well, now I need to get leverage. Now I can breathe. Now the business is paying for itself. What do I do over and over that I don't need to and therefore can delegate? Okay, now we start thinking of some leverage and some systems. And then it's about, okay, here's the asset. How do I create monthly or yearly or weekly recurring income? So see how it's sometimes not a straight jump over to go, bang, there's passive. Like sometimes... People make it seem on social media like I've got four passive income streams. No, you don't. You're at the markets on Saturday selling your time to earn that $120. Not passive. You know, so these are just, they're such important conversations because you might be scattered because your expectations are out of whack. So let's just get back to go, hey, Rena, what matters most to you? right now? What do you want to optimize in your life? What's important for you from an income point of view? And then that can help direct what type of income you need and then what vehicle you would attach it to. Is it a business? Is it you selling your time because like this is a career that you want to take and you, you know, there's a five-year plan to that? Is it you and your husband going, no, we just want to make the money that's sitting there really start working for us? So now it's like, oh, our brain needs to pay attention to purely passive options. So I just, yeah, it's there's such good conversations because it can be easy to get scattered. And one thing Jen and I always do and always teach and always practice ourselves because we do as well is like, hold on, let us get back to the principles. What are these basics? What are the principles we must understand? What are the guiding principles here to help us move through the scatter and move into clarity and therefore action and therefore let's keep momentum going? So I'd love for you to sit with that question and don't rush the answer, but you need to go, okay, what, what matters most right now? What is it that I'm actually trying to achieve? What is it that I actually want to optimize in my life? 
then we'll work backwards from there as well. Thank you. And it's in choosing a, a business to build to the point, to create and build to the point of leverage and um, um, recurring income, it is going to be easier if it's something you really like. Like I, I kind of picture myself when I'm thinking about, um, like because people bring me opportunities all the time. And so I, I, I really sit and try and feel it in my gut and it's like, oh, and I compare it to something I know I wouldn't enjoy. Like if I had, because my brother's a diesel mechanic and he goes around setting, and he basically sells massive big tyres to mining companies. And so I picture myself if I had to have a business selling truck tyres to truck drivers, like how much fun would that be for me and how excited would I be to get, like I just... Like I love the idea of business, but a business that I, don't, I can't get excited about the problem that that solves, that just isn't doesn't ring my bell. So I think it is, and I, a lot of people make the mistake of choosing a business because they see someone else made is making a lot of money over here, and they never stick with it. I've I've just been watching for decades. They never stick with it because they actually it doesn't light up their soul to solve that problem. But when we find the thing where it lights up our soul to solve that problem, we will overcome so many obstacles and so much faster because it's just, we're just in the fun of it, right? It just, it's our thing. So, and that's where we come back to getting to know the truth of who we are. And we are all gifted with gifts. <laughs> and experiences and things that we just like we all care about different things and that's not just by chance we're, we're born here to make we're, we're poor in this world at this point in time because we have a role to play now just because most humans choose not to play that role doesn't mean that we don't have it most people are just too lazy and they have bought into too many lies about limits their whole entire life so they, they, they're just not in, in that space. But we know better. You're here because you know better and you know that you have a gift and something to give to the world. And so it's just doing the work of figuring it, figuring it out and getting it out there and, oh, my gosh, this is how we change the world. It, it really is just in the being of who we were really meant to be. There are people who need us to become that. It's already in us. We just have to allow ourselves to become it. And it could be, just want to say, it could be, we've already got a stack of cash. We're going to chuck it in a really cool, you know, five really cool passive investment structures. And then we're going to, um, we're going to use that cash that the, the cash makes to change the world. So there's all different phases. So sometimes we've got to focus on the making money phase. Sometimes we've got to focus on the managing our money phase. Sometimes we've got to focus on just getting our head above water. Sometimes it's on living our dreams. And other times it's like, so my um, Animal Rescue Foundation, right, it can't really be a business because the animals, right, the animals who've been abused, like there's not money to be made in that space. But that's what I can do with the excess money that I don't need. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to us if you shared it with others. Until next time, drink the wine, have a laugh, learn the thing, do the thing, and be the woman you know you are. Make sure to stay connected and let's keep the conversations going. Cheers.